Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You are now listening to. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another edition of the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. Joining me today, as always, is Allie Davison. Allie, what's going on today? It's going well. I, I'm just going to apologize right up front for my raspy voice. I had a little too much fun at Kenny Chesney in, in Atlanta this past weekend, uh, but I'm excited to be here. A lot's going on. We got women's golf final four happening. I've got it on the other screen. Uh, baseball, big gymnastics news. Football is almost about to kick off summer ball. So things are moving and grooving. Yeah, they are definitely grooving. I do want to start uh, with a little discussion about a banquet that you recently attended, yeah. Auburn Auburn Athletics has never ceases to amaze me recently, uh, and they decided that they were going to invite the most popular Twitter accounts to their end of the year basketball banquet. So it was you, Allie Davison, Auburn means Josh Dubs, and a few others that got invited to this banquet. Tell us about going to an uh, end of the year banquet with a bunch of kajillion dollar donors, yeah. Bruce Pearl, and like five Twitter accounts. Yeah, exactly. We had no business being there. I will tell that all these uh, millionaires uh, that have donated and, you know, all of these soon to be number one NBA draft picks sitting amongst us. And then we're just at a little table of, of tweeters. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, it's, it was a really cool experience and it's a once in a lifetime opportunity to be in a room and celebrate such an incredible team. And it just shows you the things that Bruce Pearl values from start to finish. It shows you what this basketball program that he's built values from start to finish. And it's the fans. And it was an honor to be picked as one of them. Um, You know, Jackie Pearl, I've gotten super close with over the years and, you know, she was just like, you guys are so fun and this team loves you guys and the memes and you know it was a twitter mob for a reason and it was just really cool to be there and they read our names out so it's pretty funny uh having the room crack up at you know pablo escobarner and then there's just ali davison just a normal gal <laughs> all of these uh all of these burner accounts but no it was really cool and um i can't thank you know marlene and the whole sid staff of basketball and communications uh to even invite us right like that's a a pretty unique and awesome opportunity. Yeah, I thought that it was interesting, um, the focus on the importance that fans play in the program. And I think what is what we can call the enthusiasm around the program. So the Auburn Twitter mob made a name for themselves in, you know, college sports this past year with the memes. And every time we won a game, we flood 
the uh, if you're if you're listening and you don't know, the losers, the losing team had the responsibility of posting the score to the game. And we would go to that post and put funny memes there. And just you guys had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Bruce Pearl said he loved it as long as the memes stayed above board. But uh, it helped. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I don't they know. Tried. They definitely tried to say yeah, before, but I, sometimes I, the opportunity, you know, when you play South Carolina, those opportunities just present themselves. So I don't there. You know, there's only so many <laughs> things that often Twitter can do. So. That's true. That's true. Uh, I I think that. I think that it was symbolic of kind of the state of Auburn sports right now as a whole. There's a lot of enthusiasm around. Uh, the Olympic sports and outside of football, we didn't have the football season we wanted, but uh, we had the number one basketball team in the country. At some point, you've got women's gymnastics that made the final four and you've got baseball that has a chance at the college world series. I think our softball team just got put out um, in a regional. Uh, and then you've got golf right now that is about to possibly enter the championship. So on that note, I do want to pivot. We had, we had, Exciting news on the gymnastics front. Suni Lee decides that she's going to return to Auburn for her sophomore season. Uh, talk to me about the feeling around Suni returning. It was yeah. this is an absolute coup for Auburn gymnastics, isn't it? I mean, it would in the gymnastics world, it would be as if Jabari Smith was coming back for Auburn for a second year. If and I honestly truly believe that comparison, and that's not. Um, hyperbole by any means to myself. I mean, what she did at the college gymnastics level was unbelievable this year, you know, to come off and have so much pressure every time she stepped on the mat, every time, you know, she stepped on the beam or the vault, all eyes were on her at every single meet, all the cameras, every time it was live, you know, on ESPN or ABC for the final four, it was Sunili this, Sunili that. And that's a lot of pressure. She's 18, just her 19. Like, I, I couldn't imagine not, you know, falling under that pressure, especially after everything that happened with the Olympics and winning gold. And, you know, when you win gold at the Olympics, you go on a world tour. You have to, you know, come back to America and do all of these interviews. And the spotlight automatically becomes you and you are the face of gymnastics. And um, I think it's a testament to NIL. Yeah. I think it's a testament to, you know, really investing. And Jeff Garva has been there, you know, the gymnastics coach at Auburn for a while. And he's built this program the way he wanted to build it. Very similar to Bruce Pearl. You know, you find that one gem, you know, in a SUNY Lee, and then all of a sudden they start coming. And they signed Olivia Greaves, the five-star who's coming in as a freshman. They're bringing out, you know, the queen, Sophia Groff, like this team is going to be stacked and I would be hard pressed to find another team in the country that's going to be as experienced and have the most talent coming in. And I would be stunned if Auburn did not make another final four in gymnastics. Yeah. And you know what? In college sports, one of the uh, greatest recruiting things, feats you can accomplish is convincing star athletes to come back for another year. So NIL made this possible first and foremost because there's just too much money to give up to be in college another year. Yep. Your you as a gymnast, your shelf life is not very long. So yep. you've probably got after you become an adult a five to six year shelf life. Is that fair? Yeah, so I would say that's fair. And you know, you have Sean Johnson and Nasia Ligan, you know, they built brands post as adults because they invested in themselves and making their names a household name beyond gymnastics. And I think 
what NIL allows Olympic athletes to do in college is to start building brand contracts, start building that foundation to be a household name beyond gymnastics. And it sets you up for a really strong career, you know, after you hang up your leotard, I guess I was going to say cleats, but they don't have cleats. <laughs> hang up your leotard because the shelf life is, you know, so short winded. Um, so I think it's, I was surprised. I can't say I'm shocked because the shelf life is small and the next Olympics I think is in six years and or four years and it kind of caps out, but she had every opportunity to go and compete elite. You know, there's a world beyond just college and Olympics. I think a lot of people don't realize is the whole right. elite gymnastics world is intense and it's highly competitive and she easily could have done that and just stuck with that and, you know, said I did my one year at college, but something about this university whether our folks across the state like to um, like to deny, I think she enjoys being in Auburn, um, which I think is a testament to the team as well. Well, let's talk about beyond the next year, because talk to us a little bit about what she gave up coming back. I know that if she wants to go to the next Olympics, there are quali qualifying yep. events that you have to uh, compete in. You, it's not just a given that she's going to make the national team for this yeah, next absolutely. Olympics. So what are the chances that she can still make the Olympics if she, you know, after next season? Yeah. I mean, I hate to speculate on that because so much can go into gymnastics, right? You know, you can have a 13 year old come up out of nowhere and be the next, you know, Gabby Douglas. And then all of a sudden that spot's taken or, you know, God forbid she gets injured. That's what typically happens to elite gymnasts is an injury is what kills them out of an Olympic trial. Like I think Olivia Graves, a five star from who's coming in as a freshman from Auburn missed an Olympic trial because she fractured an elbow, oh, right? Man. There's just so much that goes into gymnastics that it's hard to speculate. I don't put it past Suni that if she wanted to, she could, but I think the decision to come back and compete for what they felt like they missed this year in a national championship and to be really heavy in contention for that, um, outweighed what she thought would be another Olympic ground. For sure. Now, it's not just SUNY. Uh, yeah. Sophia Growth is going into her sophomore season sophomore, as well. It's insane that she's a freshman. It's insane. Uh, Darian Goburn is coming back for another year. And then we have uh, Greaves, the yeah. highly touted uh, freshman that you're talking about, the five-star yeah. that's going to come in. And this should be an all-star squad. So yeah. uh, what are, if you had to put some money on it, is Auburn in the Final Four again? this coming gymnastic season? I would say it would be one of the more disappointing Auburn athletic teams if they didn't make another four. Okay. Darian doesn't come back for fifth year if she doesn't think there's a shot. Um, you don't, you know, you could go out on a high and say we made a final four for seven school history and ride out and you got your 10, but she's coming back for a reason. And I think, you know, you, the experience that freshmen like SUNY Lee and Sophie got, sure, the Olympic stage is a different world element than college gymnastics, but it is. She's still a freshman, right? Mm -hmm. Judges judge differently in Olympics, right? There's different, you know, things you have to do. You have to go to school in the morning. You have to, you know, ride the bus to the gymnastics. You have to stay in the hotel. There's a lot of different things that go into it that kind of are reasons why you're a freshman, right? Things come up. And so I think their experience growing as sophomores is going to be the reason why this team can go as successful. You're going to have the veteran in there and you're going to have the strong sophomores and then you're going to have a highly touted freshman. Like that is a combo for 
an, an elite lineup in college gymnastics. Mm. Well, I'm really hoping that those girls can make it to the final yeah. four again. They've got it an all-star squad. I, I had a blast. And I, I said this on Twitter, like this gymnastics, like I thoroughly enjoy talking my talk to other fans of other sports. And it was fun during basketball, during all of the memes. It's always fun during football when you can squeeze one out. You know, baseball, I, I just enjoy but this gymnastics season was just something else. It was just, it saw a different side of Auburn Twitter and the Auburn community coming out and selling out mm. those Auburn arena gyms and traveling to go see them, you know, when they were in Georgia or Alabama. And it was just super fun to see Auburn Twitter fans rally around a sport that may not have been as popular a decade ago, right? Or as popular right. as five years ago. And that just shows the growth of the athletics program as a whole. Because the better you are in all sports, the better athletic program you are. That's why people like Stanford are so well-known. Michigan, Ohio State, because they're good in all sports. Because right. they're elite in all sports, um, not just one. So I think that's what Alan Green is trying to develop at Auburn. I know we all have the Auburn spirit, but the bottom line is uh, you support a program that's good. Yeah, and if really. you can get elite athletes in there and you win – yeah. You will generate more support because there's more enthusiasm. And that means more dollars flowing through to the program in ticket sales and charitable donations from alumni. Yeah, so it is what absolutely. it is. So I love the enthusiasm that we have around Auburn gymnastics, but not only Auburn gymnastics, Auburn baseball. Yeah. So crazy. Auburn baseball is tearing it up. You've uh, I've seen you tweeting that you've been at some of the games. Uh, what are your feelings about Auburn? in the uh, college playoffs. Yeah, you know, the Kentucky loss this past Sunday was super disappointing. Had they won that, I think that they locked down hosting a regional, which would be the first time since I think 2010 that Auburn hasn't hosted a regional. Um, but, you know, if they can make a deep run in the SEC tournament, I think it's still a possibility. It sucks that tonight's game uh, got pushed to tomorrow thanks to our lovely friends Alabama and UGA for uh, causing a rain delay and uh, having their game finish six hours then scheduled. Um, but, you know, you have players like Sony Deshera who are capitalizing on NAL um, and have become, was just announced co-SEC player of the year, right? And it's, again, another coach that built the program that he wanted to the right way. And Alan Green kind of said, do what you got to do. And as long as the results and success are there, you know, you do it. And what Butch has done to the Auburn, you know, a few years ago, there was quite a tumultuous time amongst Auburn baseball um, with a certain coach that I won't bring up, but it was bad. It was bottom right. barrel rough. Players didn't want to be there. Coaching staffs didn't want to be there. And it was horrible. And it's super fun to go see Plainsman Park lively and enjoyable and excited to be there because a decade ago that wasn't the case and again it's just another program that my philosophy always has been that everything school is cheeky and it's a joke and people make fun of us for but I think it's very important for Auburn to compete in the big programs like football like basketball when all of the other sports are doing well right. um you know Sure, we're an Auburn football school, we're a football school, whatever, but you know, we haven't won since 2010. We're not collecting natty titles left and right. We're not producing Facts. Heisman's, we're not producing NFL draft picks. And I think 
the way Ellen Green pivoted by focusing on a lot of these other programs and getting those to be elite, you know, programs, even golf. I mean, we're only one of 12 schools in the entire country to send both men's and women's golf to the national championship competition. Like that's an that's, underrated that's accomplishment. That is an underrated and sure it's not bringing in billions of dollars, but it's putting the Auburn logo and the Auburn name into households that might send their kid now to Auburn because, wow, I love golf. I'd love to go there because they're a golf school or, oh, wow, Auburn. I've never heard of Auburn. Let me see what Auburn University is about. And that's what it all comes back down to is also tuition. These are colleges. As much as we love to say that there are many amateur schools, it's to get kids into the classrooms and it gets fans into the seats. And you're only going to do that if all sports are good. Um, So I think that's what I've really tried to get fans who are, you know, football only to understand is football is, it is what it is. It's not going anywhere, but there's a lot of things going right at Auburn that you can enjoy and spend your weekends watching instead of, you know, being down in the dumps 24 seven. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Auburn lost the series in baseball to Kentucky. Uh, yep. We won one game, lost two. But the next game, I understand, is against Kentucky in the it SEC is. tournament. Yeah. So they have to turn around and find a way. Uh, break it down for us. What is the SEC tournament format in baseball? And yeah. if Auburn beats Kentucky, you know what comes after that? Yeah, so we're in the single elimination bracket, which stunk. Had we won, we would have been in the double. Um, and we would have, we would have had a bye, but you know, fate is fate and it's hard. It's tough to lose to a team three times is what I like to say. I just made that up on the fly, but that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> uh, so they'll win. And then it's just, you know, like every other bracket, you got to win to continue, uh, with the way the single elimination stacks up, you know, you have your teams like Arkansas and obviously Tennessee, who is just absolutely blown, uh, away the competition and it's not really close. It's kind of Tennessee and then just a pack of a lot of other teams in the middle. Um, but postseason is different. It It is in every sport. Um, and Auburn has a really good mix of young talent. They have a really good mix of veteran talent. Um, their pitching has been phenomenal. I think I read a stat that the closers like have had I don't know about after Kentucky, but had like 21 scoreless innings. Like that is what postseasons are built on, right? Our mm-hmm. momentum and peaking at the right time. And if they can get, if they can make a solid deep run in the SEC tournament, I'm not saying they have to win it, but if they can, you know, get past Kentucky and maybe play in the final four or the semis, you know, I think that sets them up for a really strong postseason. And every big Kendall Rogers is kind of like, the god of college baseball and he constantly has auburn in omaha which would be omaha's awesome and if you're a fan of sports omaha in the world series in college baseball is a bucket list um and when auburn made it in 2019 it was one of the most fun times as an auburn fan so um hopefully a lot of you know auburn folks can rally around this team and if you're in birmingham go out and see him in hoover start your memorial day weekend a little early 
So the single elimination bracket, uh, we're, again, we're facing Kentucky yep. in the first round of the single elimination bracket. And the top four, it looks like, made it through to the second round, which is double elimination. Double. Right. Yep. Meaning somebody's got to win two games before you can move out. on. Yep. Right. Um, third round is double. Fourth round is double. Uh, the semis are single. And then the championship is what? Is that single or? I believe it's single for the SEC, I believe. <laughs> So you got to win one game to have a chance yep. to play LSU possibly three times yeah. <laughs> um, in the next round. So LSU, Tennessee, A&M, and Arkansas, and Alabama, because they beat Georgia, are already through to the second round. Um, you, again, if you're, if you're a betting person, um, not with your heart, but with your head here, it's Auburn beat Kentucky tomorrow. I, yeah, it is hard because I'm I'm thinking with my heart, but I'm also thinking with my head because they have peaked at the right time and that Kentucky series was disappointing. But the Kentucky series was also different because we ended up having to play a double header, two nine double headers on Friday, and we ended up winning the second one. But that throws off your whole game, right? That means you just played 18 innings, and now you have to turn around on Saturday, and you know winner takes marbles for the series. Like that just sets up not great right especially for an away team um so with that in mind i do think auburn comes out i think there's gonna be a lot more auburn fans in hoover than there are in kentucky fans in the crowd and i think that always plays a factor in baseball um so i would bet that auburn would beat kentucky and head on the second round now some of you will be listening to this after the game's over. So for the record, Ali's pick. Tweet at me if I'm wrong. Tell me I'm Auburn. a blue, orange, odd, sunshine pumper. <laughs> Lay it on me. I deserve it. But yeah, I I would feel I feel more confident than not that Auburn will um, at least be Kentucky moving forward. Well, I certainly hope so. As you said, the state of Auburn's Olympic sports seem really good, which leads us to the last thing I want to talk about today. And that is uh, the guy responsible for all that. Alan Green. Yeah. Now we have a new university president. Uh, Dr. Chris Roberts took over uh, recently for Dr. Gouge. And, um, you know, we've spoken with Alan Green. He definitely wants to be at Auburn in his own words. He wants to be here. Uh, there are some people, I guess, doubting whether that's true or not, because there were rumors that he interviewed for other jobs. Um, I personally felt like that's because we haven't shown a strong commitment to him here. So like, yeah, I, if it were me, I just wouldn't wait for the hammer to drop. Uh, if there may be other opportunities, but he says he wants to be at Auburn, you know, how do you see this playing out between our new university president and Alan Green? Yeah. You know, I was a super big fan of the Alan Green hire. I thought it was a hire that could, at least challenge the guard as what I like to call them at Auburn, okay. at least kind of push the envelope and get them to, you know, understand that this is beyond the men with money, right? The people with money right. should not be controlling how Auburn athletics deals its business. Um, I understand they're crucial and I understand how important boosters are by no means. Am I ungrateful to the Nevels for providing a brand new name and donating that much money, but should they be in coaches' meetings demanding who is starting on the football team or Absolutely on the basketball not. team? Absolutely not. 
Um, and I think Alan Green, I thought could be because he didn't have any ties to anyone here. Again, very similar to Arson, not having very many ties to the community. And I think you're right. I think the lack of commitment from the university itself, at least publicly, um, would rub me the wrong way as well. Um, and But do I also think that Green is not just looking out for himself i would hope he is right it's still right. a business this is a job for him this is a career when you're at that power five athletic director career you are an elite of the elites and this is no longer a nine to five job this is career making and he could potentially you know be sec commissioner he could go on and work you know there's so many options when you get to that level right um that i would hope he's looking out for himself um do I want him to stay? Absolutely. Do I expect what happens this football season to play a factor? Unfortunately, I do. But I say unfortunately because I wish it wasn't true. But that's not to say that I don't think it's not going to go well. Right. Um, I am hope optimally optimistic. Well, that is not an English word. That's that Auburn education coming through. So don't, don't mind me. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. That's the word I'm looking for, uh, for the football season. Um, and I think that sets up well for green if he wants to stay and Auburn is willing to give him the runway to run the program as he sees fit, which at Auburn is a very tall task. So yeah, uh, you brought up something I want to expound upon a little bit in that how this football season goes is going to weigh into decision whether to extend him or not. Now, he bucked the system with the Brian Harson hire. And depending on what you believe, there was a good old boy system that wanted Kevin Steele. And, you know, some people, a lot of fans just wanted these names that we weren't in the running for. Uh, because I think a lot of people forget that we can want to hire a coach, but they still have to want to come yeah. here. And the and money talks, right? And that's but, what people don't understand: is coaches will walk for money faster than you can say run, um, because it's a business, and that's it is their life. We're not talking about you know a science teacher. We're talking about a multi-million dollar football coach that can leave to go find better opportunities and or not have his hands tied behind his back with every decision that makes. And that factors into a lot of coaches' decisions. Well, uh, in the absence of malfeasance, that coach is getting paid no matter what. Absolutely. Uh, one of the only jobs I know where you can do a bad job I and then say, walk away a millionaire. Have, wish I could use my coaching minor from Auburn to get a <laughs> get a job so I could at least get fired because I know I wouldn't be very good, but at least I'd you know, cash checks. So. Uh, right. So if Auburn has an average season, potentially, uh, and when I say average, I mean seven to eight wins. That would be average? Um, a lot of folks would say that's pretty damn good, but yeah, I guess technically average. Sure. Vegas set the over under for the season at five and a half games. So do you think that's enough to save Brian Harson's job and extend Alan green is seven to eight games enough to do the job? I think the thing, you know, I, no one knows mm. where Harson's mind is, right? You are, launching an incredible interview with him and I can't wait to listen because I think it's gonna be the first deep dive into a man that's definitely been closed rightfully so 
um, for how he's been handled in, you know, the media at Auburn. Um, I would say that if he wants to stay, he can with a 7-8-1 season. But if an opportunity maybe out West mm. comes open, I would be surprised if he stayed. Um, however, if he can rally and do eight to nine wins, I think that gives him, again, these runways we talk about, which is like right. business terms, right? Is like how much runway do we have as a startup? And it's almost like Brian Harson and Alan Green are like running a startup right now, which is insane to think. But how much runway is Auburn going to give them to build? In my mind, every coach deserves three years, right? Unless you completely botch and you're winning zero and players are going, you know, kicking down water bottles and tell him to go F himself on national television. Like he deserves three years to build this, right? And we're only in year two and it feels like we've been in this era for like a hundred years already, which is the wild part of it. Um, but you know, it's, I don't really think it's an Auburn factor as much as it's a Harson and Green factor, right? Do they feel like they have the runway to achieve what they want to achieve? And I think that comes down to how much is Auburn willing to back down from ways that, you know, old dogs, new tricks. Do they have it in them to say, let's see how this plays out? Right, right. Well, listen, um, I'm in agreement with you. I think that every coach needs that run runway uh, at least three years to build a program because you never know how good a recruiting yeah. class is and how good you are at developing those kids until they've had enough time to develop. In interviewing a lot of the players, uh, they've been very adamant that in year two of the Brian Harson strength and conditioning program, uh, they are setting records in the weight room. Uh, yeah. We interviewed a player recently. I won't give it away because uh, we're not releasing it for a while. But he said 90% of the team PR'd in the weight room this this yeah. winter. Uh, so it's very And different. that was a knock that, you know, a lot of people said that that was one of the weak points towards the end of Malzahn's era was strength and conditioning just was not there. Right. We would blow games in the fourth quarter because we just didn't have the stamina. We just didn't have the strength to compete in the trenches you know, against an Alabama and Georgia that just, you know, pride themselves on the weight room. And I think Harson came in and completely blew that whole entire program up. And it sounds like, you know, players aren't going to lie. And I think I, I've learned that for a long time. When a, pro, when a player is in a program, sure, they'll exaggerate. And we saw that kind of with this whole Harson stuff like, oh, he didn't do this or he didn't do that, but it was all very surface level. It was never coaching foundation, right? It was never, you know, oh, he made me work too hard in the weight room, right? <laughs> it was never any of that kind of stuff. And I think from what we've heard of the players that are in this locker room that are committed to Harson, what he's doing is laying foundation to success. Now, whether he has the players to do that, we don't know. You know, but I think the players speaking the truth, and I believe that. I do believe that 90% of those players are hitting PR because he has laid that foundation for that to be achievable. Right. Um, and I think that's something fans need to, I'm not saying, you know, here we come national playoffs, but I think it's something that fans can at least take to heart that things are moving in the right direction mm -hmm. despite outside noise. Yeah, I think when you're laying a foundation, it takes time. And I'll yeah, tell you absolutely. what, if I'm building a house 
and one day the contractor has the foundation laid and then the next morning i come back and the entire house is built i'm calling the inspector to make sure that that house is solid right and um because you can't not build a house overnight and there are just things that take time strength and conditioning takes time you cannot recondition the body that fast like athletes will tell you the off season is extremely important uh at, at all levels of sports because that is the time that you are building up yourself physically uh they can't train the same way during the season so you're yep. you're essentially done training when the season gets here that work has to be done in the off season Absolutely. so this is second off season that these players have had the reports in and around the program from the players that we've talked to is is that there's buy-in there's buy-in this year that they did not have last year from a lot of people in the program uh people stressed the the players that left in the portal and what a lot of people didn't get all they saw were players leaving some of those players were shown the door and said hey listen if you want to play football we'll honor your scholarship but there's not a spot for you here on this team and of course they want to play football so they chose they chose they chose to go someplace else as is their right you know right. in the portal as is your right to say i don't want to play i want to play right and if you're not going to let me i can leave and i fully you know people have their issues with the transfer portal and i have mine too but you know if a coach can leave for a better opportunity that fits them i fully believe that a player can as well Despite those reasonings, coaches leave for more money all the time. What's the difference between leaving for a playing spot? Yeah, I, I, like, I, I think just, that's fair. I just think it's important to distinguish between a player leaving for an opportunity and, and, and that meaning that the program is somehow falling apart. It's not falling apart. They had to rebuild culture. Absolutely. They had to rebuild culture. We had what I'd say probably um, – you know, going back to kind of like this architect <laughs> kind of thing. Like, I, I think we had some rot in the wood that you yeah. just can't, you can't put paint on it. Absolutely. You, and that gotta, happens with coaching transitions, right? Like that's always going to be how a coaching transition is. This was just heightened for whatever reason, whatever you believe to be the reason why it was heightened. It was, and I don't think it was as dramatic as it played out if that makes sense i don't think what was happening was nearly as dramatic as what we were seeing as fans from the outside um and what i've found really impressive about this staff is the recruiting efforts so far this spring and what they've done by making goals by we're gonna you know hit every school in alabama we're gonna hit every school in this state and there was a lot of eyeballs on them and there was a lot of finger pointing saying, you guys can't recruit. You don't like it. You're not good at it. And they said, you know what? Hold We're going to go out and make it mm-hmm. super in your face about it. Right. The younger coaches like Trevon Reed and Christian Robinson were posting and tweeting and all of this. And even the older coaches who I'm sure are using flip phones were still posting every single time that they were at a school. And that's showing me is we hear you and we're going to prove you wrong. And I think that's a very bold statement to make, right? Like you can do recruiting behind doors. Nick Saban, I don't think has been on a recruiting event in a hundred years, right? Because he doesn't have to. Right. And you, these Auburn coaches, you know, have a lot of targets on their back, potentially rightfully so for how maybe recruiting went his first year, but them putting themselves out there for criticism and fans, I think is smart 
And I think it's going to pay off in their favor by, you know, ignoring that and doing what they want to do and play it out on the recruiting trail, how they want to play it out. Well, we'll definitely have our eyes on how that plays out. The players are headed into summer sessions, so they'll be working out. Yeah, it's crazy. Time flies. Can't wait for the football season. As always, I want to thank Allie Davison for joining me on the Auburn Express podcast. If you're listening, hit that follow button on Apple Podcasts so you can get your daily dose of the War Report via the Auburn Express. Allie, as always, War Eagle. War Eagle. Are now, now listening, listening to, to me.